Hey all, welcome to Eat Drink Social. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in both Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. And if you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can visit our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. Hey everyone, we're joined now with Jen Bono, aka TX Blonde Voyage. She is a traveler, photographer, sommelier in training, and yoga teacher. Welcome to the show, Jen. How's it going? Thank you. I'm so excited. Um, it's going great. I'm just staying busy as always. <laughs> So, so can you tell us a little bit about where you're originally from and maybe give us a little bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, of course. I'm originally from a small town in East Texas. The name of the town is Carthage. Population, about 6,500. Um, I lived there for 20 years and then I went off to college, uh, University of North Texas, where I got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Never used it, uh, but I was a middle school teacher for seven years, so I guess I guess I kind of used my uh, criminal justice degree because middle school kids can be a little rough. Um, but I've lived in Austin for 10 years, absolutely love it. Um, I knew along my years of teaching that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I just didn't know how that was going to happen, but you know, I just met a lot of people who told me that I just needed to jump on board and start working towards my passions and, and I did it. And so here I am today. You, you know, Jen, I, I too have a um, criminology and criminal justice degree. I do not use it all. So I, I understand. How that goes. <laughs> um. It was very interesting, but I just never really got, cause I graduated in 2008 when everything crashed. So yeah, it was just a really bad time to get a job. Yeah, yeah, in general. But, you know, it was, it was a fun thing to study for me, but in, in practice, it wasn't really going to be anything that I was really dying to use. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you, you have all these different interests and, and, and all these different talents, and it seems like you have a very eclectic personality. I, I guess they'd call it a, a renaissance soul. <laughs> Did you notice that early on? Um. Yeah, kind of. Um, I've always loved photography. Photography has been a big part of my life. Um, I mean, my mom used to buy me the Kodak disposable cameras when I was a kid. My first one was at age nine. And I just remember taking photos all the time. And I mean, it took me years to get to where I am right now in my photography. And I'm still learning. Like, I'm not exactly where I want to be. Um, but I mean, along with photography, I do yoga. I'm a yoga instructor, and I think that when I left teaching middle school, I just missed that aspect of teaching. So then I ended up becoming certified to teach yoga, and that was definitely a life-changing experience. I love that a lot. Um, and, I mean, I do a lot of things. I, you know, I, I do, um, you know, work or product photography or, you know, photography for, um, you know, Austin food magazine or restaurants around Austin. So there's just so many different things that I think when you're on the entrepreneur wave, it's just like, you kind of go where, you know, where the money's coming in and, um, you know, what really interests you. Definitely. And your, your shots are awesome, by the way. I, uh, I started getting into photography around like six months ago. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm starting to, to develop a better eye for, for what's good. And then maybe what, what is it? Your stuff's absolutely amazing. Like I love the, 
the the post processing of it, and then also just just your shots in general. Like the composition's really unique. It's it's great work. Uh, Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Um, so in terms of you know you do a lot of food post and and some reviews like that. What is Austin's restaurant scene like? And do you have any uh, favorite spots of your own? Yes, absolutely. So the food industry is a huge part of Austin. It's basically the land of tacos and barbecue. Um, on every corner, you can probably find some restaurant or food truck that has tacos or barbecue. Um, but it really is hard to find one favorite spot. I would say for barbecue, um, one of my favorites is Jay Leonardi's Barbecue. It's a food truck off of East 11th Street. The owner's so cool. He's very down to earth. Um, I've worked with him before um, as far as like taking pictures of his food and I just, I love it. I love the taste of it as well. My favorite taco place, that would be very hard because tacos are my favorite food. Um, but I would say that my top three would probably be ATX Cocina. It's a modern uh, Mexican restaurant downtown. Chilantro, Korean barbecue. They actually catered our wedding, my husband and I's wedding. And I love it to this day. Um, and then probably my last one will be Valentina's Tex-Mex Barbecue. They have really, really good brisket tacos. But there's just so many great restaurants to choose from in Austin. I've been here for 10 years, like I said, and I still haven't hit every spot. Yeah, it's a, it's a total food truck scene, one of the biggest in, in America, too. It's, yes. It's incredible. Um, so I, you do you do yoga. Um, yeah, I, I do not do yoga uh, and, 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 and I'm, I have nothing against it. I just haven't really ever gotten around to it. So what is like the first starting position that you would recommend to somebody that might not know what they're doing? And then secondly, uh, to add on to that, what is a position that you um, accomplished that you were very proud of once you got it down? So I would say a beginning pose is downward facing dog. That's the one of the poses that um, everyone uses in yoga. And basically, you're just creating the letter V with your body. But um, for a beginner, a lot of individuals, um, I guess they, their stance is a little too short. So I always tell people whenever you want to um, have the right form in downward facing dog, go to a high plank position. Once you're in a high plank, just push yourself, your hips up and back, and then it creates that perfect downward facing dog. Um, so my favorite pose, something that something that actually worked really hard doing is um, headstands. So supported headstands, there's just something about flipping my perspective during a supported headstand. It's very difficult to do um, if you are a beginner, but if you're a beginner, you can use a wall. Um, but you do have to use a lot of your core in headstands, and it definitely helps strength, strengthen your arms and your shoulders. But it definitely took me a while to master that. Um, so that would probably be my favorite one. Nice, nice. I always like uh, Warrior 1 and Warrior 2, but maybe because they're pretty easy to do. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of easy, but I mean, you're still... You know, you're in yoga with every pose, you're working almost every muscle. So, you know, I, when I teach yoga, I cue to, you know, every single muscle, every, you know, every single part of your body um, is activated basically. So they are, they are difficult, but um, yeah, I mean, I do like those as well. 
for sure. So we saw that you host yoga classes with wine. What what made you start doing this? Well, a company actually reached out to me about teaching their wine and yoga classes, but I'm not a sommelier yet, um, so I really couldn't participate. And I do work for an amazing studio on East 6th Street called Namaste. It's a yoga studio with organic face masks. And the owner told me that I could incorporate anything in my classes. So on some days, we'll do 45 minutes of yoga, and then we'll wear the organic face mask during Shavasana. And then afterwards, we enjoy a few glasses of wine. And since I am a wine snob, I'm always making sure that I provide the best wines for my yoga students. That's awesome. Um, I, yeah. I, uh, how, how does the distribution work with that? I'm, I'm wondering, is it, is it something that you can just purchase on your own and bring, or do you have to go through a distributor for that? No, I just, um, I purchase them on my own. I do a lot of collaborations with wine wineries and wine companies as well. So I thought about, um, eventually once those classes do grow a little bit larger, seeing if we could you know, get a partnership, um, or something going on with that. But for now I have a ton of wine, um, in my wine fridge. Uh, so I just bring those bottles. Right on. So go, moving, uh, moving on to the, like the social media side of things, I guess you could say, and the, the fun platform that is Instagram. Um, we <laughs> noticed that you started posting those travel photos back in 2014 or so. So it's been, you know, nearly six years, I guess. And, um, I guess we just would like to know how you got introduced to Instagram to begin with and what made you kind of stick with it. I've actually been on Instagram since 2012, but I archived a ton of posts when I started focusing on posting travel photos on Instagram. And it's actually funny how I was introduced. So as I said, I was a teacher. And so during the summers, I would always nanny. And I was nannying these two great girls. And I remember one summer of 2012, um, one of the girls had asked me to download Instagram. And I was like, what the heck is this? And so, you know, she was nine years old at the time, helped me open my Instagram account. And so my first few posts were basically of the girls, their dog, and all the food that we made together. But clearly, when I started, you know, focusing on Instagram for myself, branding myself, I went through and archived probably over 500 pictures that just weren't relevant to travel or, you know, what I was trying to achieve. Um, but I really like Instagram because, like I said, since I've been in photography for so long, it just seemed like the best platform for me to be able to share my photos with other people. Most definitely. And we see that, you know, in terms of the visual aspect of your feed, you know, it's mainly like food, wine, landscapes. What What's your favorite thing to photograph? Oh, goodness. That's hard. I mean, I would say all things, but if I could choose one, it would definitely be landscapes um, because traveling has been such a huge part of my life. And, you know, taking images of places that I travel just brings me peace because I can go back and always look at those images and reminisce on wherever I travel to. And I mean, I like to do polls on Instagram stories too, to see like what the majority of my audience want to see. And I remember not too long ago, I'd asked, do you want to see more lifestyle food and travel? And they more liked the food and travel. So, you know, I'm trying to go along with what my audience wants as well. But then sometimes on occasion, I, you know, will post 
a motivational post or something, but um, usually I try to post whatever my audience is, you know, looking for. And, and when did, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to call it, you're, you're an influencer. So when did this <laughs> transition into being a, an influencer happen? Probably summer of 2018. Um, I took quite a few courses and had a few mentors teach me how to monetize my photography on Instagram. And um, I read a lot of eBooks too. So I would say summer of 2018 is when it really began um, to become a platform where I can monetize my photography. And it was a lot of work. I spent a lot of hours on Instagram, but it, the hard work paid off. And, you know, I also teach individuals how I became an influencer. I run a social media program and um, just trying to help others learn how to monetize their posts as well. Um, you know, you don't really have to have a high following. So that's just one of the things that I always teach them. But yeah, I would definitely say last summer is when everything started transitioning into um, me becoming an influencer and working with a lot of other influencers. So, so what would you say are the, the pros and cons of being an influencer? Um, let's see. I would say one of my first pros most definitely is the community that you're part of because building a community around your brand and topic of choice is so important in this profession. And once you have it, it feels amazing. You get to talk to so many people, you get to learn from them and go through the experiences together. I've met so many amazing and talented photographers and influence influencers over the past year, you know, within this community, not only in Austin, but all over. And I would say a second pro would be working with amazing companies and business owners, building those relationships with great brands and the incredible people behind them just feels so empowering. And I did, I, I do, I get to work with so many amazing restaurants throughout Austin. I get to meet the chefs, the people behind the scenes. And one of my favorite things is being invited to restaurants before the grand opening and being able to take pictures and try the food and, you know, take photography and share it with others in Austin. Um, and I would say another pro is that you're always learning. You're constantly learning and growing, being a business, being an entrepreneur, you know, you're a con content creator. And so there's always endless opportunities to grow and develop yourself. And there's just so much that you need to learn and you can learn from others in your community as well. So th those are the pros I would say, but as far as um, cons, I would say that probably always having to be on camera. Um, I do try to upload content at least once a day, create engaging stories, but sometimes you just want a day off. And, you know, that's when I try to make one post a day, um, you're always having to engage with the comments and respond back to people. But when you're juggling several different projects, it's just sometimes it's really hard to jump on social media all the time. And like I said, at first, it was just like a full-time job where I was on Instagram probably seven to eight hours a day. But now it's getting to where, you know, I'm working with different companies or projects where I'm having to do things for them and then I'm not able to really 
work on things for myself on social media and then probably getting undervalued and overwhelmed. That's another thing uh, would be a con. The influencer industry is just a strange place in general. It really is the cheapest way to advertise and sometimes businesses expect free promotion or their product or service just to be given to you, you know, in exchange of a photo. And I think that some businesses just don't understand the time that it takes to go take the good photo. You know, you're sitting in traffic and spending that time to take the photo and then driving back home and then editing photo and the list just goes on. But I think that that all takes time. And when you really work for yourself, time is money. And sometimes these companies don't really understand that. I don't, I wouldn't say they don't appreciate it. They just don't really understand it right now. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get to that um, kind of brand partnership aspect in a second, but you mentioned uh, a community, a community and how that's a, a pro for the, um, for the influencer mm-hmm. uh, title. Um, one of the very first, so I'm pretty deep into beer, uh, Instagram and beer Twitter. And I would say one of the very first um, influencers that I started following and really started to admire for the post and then just kind of authenticity as well was uh, another uh, Austin based uh, blogger, um, Caitlin, big world, small girl. Uh, I don't know if you know her or follow her, but she's big into the beer scene down there. And um, she's she was pretty instrumental in like getting me into beer Instagram and starting my own beer Instagram account. Yes, I actually met her over the summer and instantly I looked at her and I said, why are we not best friends? I saw a post that she had where she was wearing a pretzel necklace or it was a necklace that had snacks on it. And I was just like, how, how awesome is that that you're at a beer festival and you're wearing a necklace with snacks? So oh, yeah, you got to have those for the sustenance. Um, yes, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really in, enjoy everything that she uh, posts. Um, but okay, so to, to that point earlier about what you uh, about you know partnering with brands and what you know separates a good one from a bad one. Um, what what makes a good brand partnership in your eyes? Well, in my opinion, it's very important for companies to take time to consider what you know each potential influencer is really about and what kind of content each influencer's followers are likely to respond to and vice versa it's really important for influencers to partner with companies that resonate with them and their audience so i mean that's to me that's really big and another thing is communication so communication is a key in partnering with any brand it's not only our job as content creators to create content that's relevant for the company or the brand, but that communication needs to be mutual. So the company and influencer, you know, they know the type of content to create and a timeline because I've ran into situations where the communication just wasn't as strong as it should be. And, you know, maybe two months down the road, they're still asking for, you know, content to be created or pictures. And, you know, maybe on my end, I should have communicated well all everything was already sent um in a timely manner but i don't know i just think that communication is definitely another big one that would be part of uh that good partnership brand most definitely um so you've been doing influencer work for the past year and a half and there has been a lot that has changed especially especially on instagram what would you say are the or what would you say, how has the landscape changed for influencers since, you know, the, the time that you actually started doing it? Yeah, well, when I first got my, um, my first mentor ever, he actually had told me 
you know, you need over 10,000 followers or you need, you know, this many likes on photos in order to be an influencer. And, you know, back then I had like 800 followers and I'm like, okay, this is never going to happen for me. But what I would definitely say is change is anyone can be an influencer. You don't need thousands of followers to partner with companies. I think that creating valuable content to your audience is definitely the key. Creating that amazing, eye-catching content. And I know several influencers with under 5,000 followers who make gr a great deal of money, who partner with you know awesome companies that they want to work with. And um, I would definitely say that not, you know, you don't need all the followers in the world or you don't need a lot of likes. I think that shares and saves on posts are really what's, you know, turning the algorithm right now on Instagram because I know in some parts of, uh, I can't remember which countries they were, but they were looking to do away with likes to see how that, you know, how that changed with Instagram. I don't know if they were trying to do that in Canada, but somewhere, um, whether that, you know, went through or not but definitely I would say that you don't have to have a ton of followers it, it's just Instagram is a funny platform it changes all the time so I'm sure you know a few months down the road something else is going to change for influencers that I think it always does it's always evolving so I would say that the one thing that stayed consistent though is um, people people like a good quality photo would you agree Yes, I would definitely agree with that. So, okay, so it's just it's just you and us here right now. Nobody else is listening. You you can tell us <laughs> you can tell us your secret right now. So, what is the secret to a good Instagram photo? Yeah, we'll edit this one out, right, Michael? Okay. To totally gonna <laughs> not be heard anywhere else. Just us. Um, the secret to a good Instagram photo. Well, as a photographer, always the angle and the lighting. And it really just depends on what you're trying to share. The photo should definitely have a clear point of interest. And consider your viewpoint. What are you actually trying to create in the photo? So if I am, you know, working with a, a company with wine or, you know, a, whatever brand I'm trying to promote, definitely I'm going to ha make sure that that label or that brand is very clear in the photo. And definitely you want to have an engaging caption um, that talks about the, you know, whatever you're trying to, to get out there to your audience. Yeah, most, most definitely. Um, so, so when it comes to frequency, what's your mix of Instagram stories versus post? And do you enjoy one over the other? I try to post at least once a day. It can get so difficult like I said, when you juggle a lot of different things, but there's great platforms out there that do allow you to schedule posts. Um, but I would say that I try to do at least two to three stories a day. I like posts on, on Instagram over stories, mainly because I like sharing pieces of my hobby, photography. And, you know, when I travel or when I'm at a restaurant in Austin, you know, I'll, I'll do the live Instagram stories. But um, for me, I like to do more posts than stories. But I know that, you know, right now, Instagram stories and IGTV is something that's really huge in, in Instagram. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. 
Um, so Jen, we like, we're, we're, we're seeing your posts. We're impressed. Your, your, your copies very down to earth. Like you got, you got a great voice on, on the accounts brand. Um, you know, your engagement is great. Uh, I would say that might be connected somehow, but like what, what tips do you have for keeping fans engaged overall? Definitely post meaningful content and, you know, like I said in the beginning, I archived over 500 photos and there's times where I will jump on a story and I'll ask my audience what they want to see. But usually before I post something, I always think, what can I do for my audience? What, what am I providing to them, you know, that can be helpful or impactful and also just being yourself, writing captions that are engaging, asking those, you know, questions to your audience and um, the call of actions and, you know, writing something funny. I actually love writing puns for my food captions and I usually get a lot more engagement on those, but, you know, sometimes I have to be serious and write about a restaurant and, you know, what the food is about. But I think being yourself and being funny, I'm very sarcastic and, uh, obviously you can't really see that over social media. So I try to do something where it's funny yet inspirational. Definitely. And has, cause we all, we all know that the, the algorithm's constantly changing and especially over the last few months too, has, has that impacted, you know, kind of like the methodology behind your post at all? Like with how you approach actually like what you want to, you know, portray visually and then also with the copy, or do you just kind of keep going at it with the, in the same way that you would always do? Um, as far as my post, I'm kind of doing the same thing, um, that I always do. I, I mean, yes, Instagram, the algorithm changes all the time. And I think that it'll continue to change. They know what they're doing. Um, but it can definitely be frustrating at times. My stories have definitely dropped, not drastically, but the views have dropped. And I know that I probably need to engage more on my stories. Um, whenever someone responds to a story, sometimes I just, you know, don't respond back, but um, definitely need to start doing that. And I know that basically the, the saves and the, shares on my post, they have increased. So I don't know if it's because I'm posting something that is more meaningful or impactful, you know, to my audience, but that has changed. I've been getting a lot more saves and shares. Um, but as far as, you know, something that I've been affected is definitely the Instagram stories, but I think everyone has seen, you know, a sudden drop in their views on, on their stories. We don't, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. So just, you know, th thinking about 2020, that's almost here, uh, which is basically like the future. Um, where do you, <laughs> where do you see your brand going? What's, what's next for you? Um, well, I definitely want to continue growing as a photographer. And like I said, I teach individuals and businesses on how to brand themselves on social media. Um, I'm definitely hoping that I can continue to do that in the future, but on a larger scale, I have a virtual online program that's about to launch where people can learn on their own time, how to become an influencer or, you know, how to brand their business on social media. And I would love to hold seminars on basically everything on how, you know, to create good content and how to brand your business. Um, 
I have a team of people actually working together for a small seminar, but I think right now we'll just stick with that, see how that goes, and then see where the future takes us with Instagram. I'm I'm sure that, you know, in a few months, maybe 2020, it'll it'll change again. So we'll see. Yeah, most likely it will. Jen, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you hopping on. Uh, we, uh, we hear that you're on your way to a mac and cheese festival in Portland. Uh, that sounds yes. better than my weekend, obviously. So we, <laughs> it's hard to top that. Yeah, we hope you have fun with that and uh, safe travels. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or maybe you know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us. 